Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. And uh, tonight we are going to be doing a special broadcast with uh, my dear brother Jerry Maurer. Uh, he's become a very dear uh, friend, um, and uh, I appreciate him hanging out with me. <laughs> I tell you, after everything that, uh, you know, it's amazing what we go through in life. And um, brother Jerry, <clears throat> I know, has had a subject on his heart uh, for some time, and I've asked him to come on and talk about it, and I'm going to really just open the mic to him uh, to just really share his his heart and what he's he's done a lot of study on this, and uh, we've entitled this the everlasting or eternal fatherhood of Christ, and uh, <clears throat> Jerry is. You know, there, there's a lot of dialogue right now within certain circles about this subject. And I have to be, and I've been very candid with Jerry, uh, I haven't really studied it like I should, and Jerry's helping me along. <clears throat> There's been some other people that have given me their perspective that, frankly, uh, to be honest with you, <laughs> so far, Mr. Maurer, it makes you know, seems to make more sense from a biblical perspective. I was kidding around with Jerry earlier. Maybe we need to have the Mauer hour. (laughs) No. So anyway, Jerry, I'm going to turn it over to you, brother, and just uh, take as long as you need to uh, cover the points on this. Well, uh, you know, I saw, and this is all, I'm I'm, uh, uh, shooting from the hip. I haven't haven't sat down today and and have uh, I've got one scripture I'm going to read and there might be more I don't know but I'm I'm shooting for me up I don't necessarily believe in a, a preparing for a sermon I believe that like the Lord told the disciples when they call you before the councils and things don't worry about what you're going to say he'll give it to you and I believe that's so uh, the world of religion likes to pile their Bibles full of notes and all of this stuff, and if they do, that's okay. I, and and I don't have all the answers, Larry. Uh, but Jesus said, he said, he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That means when you see Jesus, he is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the disciples said, when are you going to show us the Father? And he said, have you been with me so long and you don't know me? So you've got, and there's far more than that. But this is titled the, the Everlasting Fatherhood of Christ. A lot of people want to talk about the Everlasting Sonship of Christ. And maybe that is I don't see I don't see that wording in the Bible. I don't see the wording everlasting son. Now Christ had a beginning. Now he I'm talking about as far as his flesh, it had a beginning. And and this right here is this is a launch. This is this is Isaiah nine verse six. For unto us, the us is the election of grace. The us are the sheep. The us are those for whom he died. He loved the sheep and died for them. He loved the church and died for it. For unto us, a child is born. That's Christ. Unto us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And that's when his flesh began. 
when he was born. Just like, and it says, in all manner he was likened unto us. Our flesh began when we were born. There's all kinds of things going around now. People like to invent new things. And, and, and there's some good men that have held some of these things. But look at this again. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. In other words, he is the great governor of the universe. And it's on his shoulder. And I think back, Larry, when I was young, and to carry a big, long board, I could carry it easier on my shoulder. That seems to be one of the strongest parts to be able to put something on. And and, and I don't know whether this bears that or not, but I, I think it, it resembles this. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called... This son that's born, this child is born. Wonderful, comma. Counselor. God's elect people don't need any counselor besides God. They don't need the preacher to counsel them. If we have been born of God, it says you have no need that any man teach you. And I know the wise and prudent will say, well, God's ordained teachers, how do you handle that? Well, listen, if... If we have no need that any man teach you, if he's ordained a teacher, all he's going to do is confirm what God is teaching us. And there's a lot of people, it's not confirmed. As a matter of fact, they get angry, meaning they've not been taught of God. Wonderful counselor. The mighty God. That's the name of his son that's born. Listen to this one. The everlasting Father. This is talking about Christ. This is talking about his everlasting fatherhood. But he became flesh. In the, let's go back here. In the beginning was the Word. Look at John 1. And the Word was with God. And what? The Word was God. Who's God? Everlasting Father. Mighty God. There's one God, and his, his, his spirit prevails the universe. When you've seen me, he said he's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is God. As much as you could cram into a human body, he is God. Now, I can't put that together, nor can I explain it, but he is God. No man can see God and live, and yet they looked upon Christ. I can't explain that other than the fact that the Bible says God is so holy that even the, even the heavens are unclean in his sight, that he is, he is so holy that the sun is but a shadow. So put all this together. Nobody can look upon the sun and live if he looks at it very long as far as being blinded. And and the sun is but a shadow compared to this God. So this is this is more than we can comprehend. We can't comprehend the the fullness of Godhead into a human body. But it says in all manner he was likened unto us. Uh think about this. Adam is called the first Adam. Christ is the second Adam. Why would he be called the second Adam if he's eternal? That's talking about the second human being, the second uh, head of a people. And it says, in Adam all die, meaning that every seed in Adam comes into this world spiritually dead. Even so, and it will die. It will die. It it comes into this world with sin. In other words, the wages of sin are death. So, in fact, that Adam sinned. So everyone it basically is going to die unless he's born again. It says eternal life is in his son, and he that hath the son 
hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. So in Adam all die, but he says, even so in Christ, all are made alive. Now, the universalist would say, see there, every man's going to be saved, but that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about every seed. See, we're born again, it says, with an incorruptible seed. We're born the first time from Adam through our parents with a corruptible seed, and it is corrupted. We are corrupted. It says we come forth from the womb speaking lies. And this other seed, whereas God's elect are born, is an incorruptible seed. It's impossible for it to be corrupted just like gold. It's impossible for gold to be corrupted by its surroundings. This this incorruptible seed. And he says, whatsoever is born of God sins not. Now, that doesn't mean we don't sin. That, that, that means this, this seed of Christ it 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 doesn't sin and it is our teacher it says no man the scripture says no man knows the mind of christ and then it says but we have the mind of christ and that's the reason he says you have no need that any man teach you or you have if you lack a scripture we don't go to some theologian and ask him we get off and we say lord please teach me there's men that claim to be a theologians. There's men that have IQs. God has built them. And look at this, though, in, contrary, um, con- in contrast to that. He says, Jesus said this, I thank thee, O Father of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes, for mm. it seemeth good in thy sight. See, the the natural man, the wise and prudent, is the man that knows the Greek. Oh, he's so proud of his Greek. The wise man and prudent man is the man that's referred to as doctor. Oh, ask the doctor. The wise and prudent are the men that the religious world looks up to. See, the natural man has icons. He has He has men he looks up to. God's people. You know, there's a scripture that says there's none in heaven beside there is none in heaven beside thee, and there's none, none on earth that I desire beside thee. That is the statement of God's people. Every man is full of fallacies. All of us are. I pray God will forgive me for my errors in this in this statement that I'm making, I'm, I'm more or less rambling from things that God has shown me in the past. But I'm going to go on here with this scripture. It's not long. His name shall be called Wonderful. Now, Counselor, that's another name, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now let's just look at let's just think about something. Let's in our minds let's just go to John seventeen, chapter one, in conjunction to his name. In John seventeen, Jesus said, Power is given to me over all flesh to give eternal life to as many as thou hast given me. A fixed number. He has power over all flesh to give eternal life to as many as thou hast given me. And he said, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. In other words, if you, he said, if you know me, you know the Father. I mean, if you know one, you know the other. Because he says, he, I, and the Father one. He said, and this is amazing. Uh, let me finish this name thing. But it's amazing. In the Psalms, it says, those that know his name put their trust in him. Those that know his name. How do you know his name? I have manifested thy name to those that has given me. 
His name is not manifested by some man standing up in front of you preaching and acting like he knows everything. His name is not manifested to you by any other human. How is it manifested to us? Well, let's just listen. Let's just ask the scriptures. Jesus said, no man knows the Son but the Father. Now, here I am talking about Christ, everlasting fatherhood. And yet it says, no man knows the Son but the Father. And no man knows the Father but the Son and whom the Son are revealing. If you think about when you meet somebody on earth, they say, this is John Doe, and you shake his hands. And you say, well, I'm Bill Smith, and you shake his hands. That's what he's talking about. He's manifested thy name to those thou hast given me. Eternal life is knowing Christ. And if you know him, you know the Father. Look at the opposite of that. Depart me. I never knew you. This name is not manifested to you from a father to his sibling. It can't be done, or a mother to her child. This is a personal thing. This goes back to Peter when he said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven. And basically, Peter says, this, in, in this way, He's going to build his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, every single one of God's elect, God personally has manifested who he is to them, just like John 17. I have manifested thy name to those thou hast given me. And then he says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for those thou hast given me. I mean, and you read this on... He prays not for the world, and yet the world wants to proclaim that God loves the world and wants to save them. He doesn't want anything. Any, any preacher that starts start talking about God wanting something, this is, this is a manifestation that he doesn't know God himself. If he works all things after the counsel of his own will, there is nothing left to want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on here with this scripture. His name, this is important, his name. This is important that it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. He works all things after the counsel of his own will. Let, let me give you an idea of this God. And, and it says that he knows our thoughts from afar. In other words, he knows everyone's thoughts from the end of the earth, so to speak, or the end of the universe. And then on top of knowing our thoughts, he says there's many devices in a man's heart, many devices in a man's thoughts. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. This, this right here is who Christ is, and it's who he is before he was made flesh. Unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born. This speaks as if this is present tense, as if this has already happened. But so did he. I pointed this out to Larry. So did he in Revelation when, he, when John said he saw the souls of those that hadn't been beheaded for the witness of the Lamb. And he said, and he cried out, how long, holy and true, until uh, you will avenge the blood of those that dwell upon the earth. In other words, he spoke of that as present tense, and yet that's a prophecy it's going to happen before he comes. He said, wait a little longer until those that should be killed should be killed, and then I'll avenge your blood. That's his second coming. That's when he comes, and, and his second coming is called both a great and terrible day. So uh, we just got so much there. We Men try to break this apart and dissect Christ, and, oh, they're so proud of their wise and prudent decisions, and and how they've used their brain, and they're so proud of their their grade average in college and all this junk, and they think that has something to do with their learning. But it has absolutely nothing to do with their learning other than arithmetic, history, and earthly things. And the Bible says no man by study uh, 
can find out God. No man by study can find out God. The things that I'm telling you right now, I'm sitting here and the Lord's popping them in my mind. I'm not reading anything. I haven't prepared anything. These are just things that over 77 years the Lord has given me to to see. And But let me go on here. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Years ago, I used to think the increase of his government was talking about more elect people be adding to it forever. But this, that's not what it's talking about. Uh, there's a fixed number of his elect. What this, I think, is saying, and I qualify that, is let your mind roam to the molecules that, that you have to have a powerful microscope to see. His government is there. He said, see, everything is kept by the power of God. And you let your mind roam to the bottom of the ocean and look at these tiny, tiny fish, and they eat other fish. And his government is there. His government is governing. Look at the birds that fly, and they light on a little limb. The Lord grew that limb for them to light on. I mean, to me, you see, when you can realize that he is government, and I've said this before, but I'll say it now. When these, these, these birds fly south for the winter, and we're told it's instincts, no, it's God. It's God. He works all things by the power of his own, his own will. I mean, he, there is only one will in the universe, and it is the will of Almighty God. He works all things by the counsel of his own will. Let's look at sin. This, is sin controlled by God? Let's look at, let's look at something. Uh, let me finish reading this right quick before my battery goes dead. That It says the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no end. That upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. He, the Bible says he performeth all that's required. In other words, everything that God has commanded that has to be done for us to enter heaven, he has performed it. He performeth all that's required. But he said the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. In other words, a lot of people say, where do you draw the line? about what he's predestined. Well, I'll tell you where you draw the line. There is no line. He has the hairs of our head numbered. If he has the hairs of our number, hair numbered, and he has ordained the time of our, the date of our birth and the date of our death, read Ecclesiastes chapter 3. He says there is a time for every purpose under the sun. There is a time for every purpose under the sun. Think of that. There's a time for you to have your child. There is a time for that child to die. I was thinking today as I was traveling uh, across the country, and I was thinking about all the people that I've known that have lived and died, and and all the people that and and and, and then I thought about this. My son is an architect, and he's he's doing some real big things and really big things that occupy his mind. And I thought about how many people spend their lifetime trying to gain treasures on earth. And I thought about what the Lord says, what does a man gain if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Think of that. What does a man gain? What is, actually, it says, what does he profit Where's his profit? What is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses, loses his soul? And yet most men spend their entire life seeking riches, and, and they're left to another and another and another. And some people are afraid to leave their houses, afraid somebody will steal their, 
steal the riches, and they're in bondage to those things. We get in bondage. The thing that I went today was pick up some material possessions that will burn up when the Lord comes. But he is before all things, and in him all things consist. It is just, to me, it is the salvation of God Almighty that he has given, given to his people. Is something that will cause his elect to praise him throughout all the universe. There is nothing to compare to it, and he is the personal teacher of all his people. He says, you have no need that any man teach you. He says, they shall all be taught of God, every one of them. It's like a man that has a child, and he doesn't trust anyone to teach him but him. And yet the learnings of God, this is amazing. People make a big thing about what is the church? What is the church? Saying about this. And and in scriptures it says the church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. That's the church. What what is uh and then in another place it's it says where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm in their midst. That's a church. That's a church. It's amazing. The Lord chastened men for calling men rabbis. And yet, oh, these people love to put up their leaders and put up their rabbis, so to speak. They don't call them that today. They call them, they call them doctors. They call them elders. And I can't hardly bring myself to call anyone an elder. You know, the Lord said in Hebrews, he's not ashamed to call them brethren. And that's my, that's my call for them. If they have been born of God, they are, and if I've been born of God, then they are my brethren. And we're all plagued with sin. We're all plagued with everything. But back to Christ's eternal fatherhood. It's amazing. If you take your Bible, and by the way, if in the beginning was the Word, you look up the definition of word it means speech in the beginning was the speech or the word and the speech was with God and the speech was God see what we say is what we are if a man professes to be a homosexual it's because he's a homosexual if a man professes if a man, you know, and it's amazing because that's in the scripture. It says, by your words, you should be justified, and by your words, you should be condemned. Why? It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let's apply that to Christ, or the everlasting Father. Out of the abundance of the heart is Christ, the speech of God, the speech of the everlasting Father. He says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he said, he's in the bosom of the Father. That's exactly what he says when he says, out of the bosom of the heart, the man speaks. I mean, this is it's amazing. Now, if you go in your concordance and you, you enter the word word, you'll see the word of God came to Isaiah. The word of God came to uh, Jeremiah. The word, this was Christ before he was manifested in flesh. And it says in the Bible, it says in the old days, men were taught by the prophets, or God spoke to them. Let me rephrase that. They're taught of God. But they God spoke to them through the prophets. But look what he says. But now he speaks to them through his son. It's the word of God made flesh. And look at the, you look at there's hundreds of them in the Bible where the word of the Lord came to one of God's people. That was again Christ in in the in the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yes, that was Christ, but he has he hadn't been made flesh. He he was they could not be flesh and blood and adhere what they did. I mean. I don't know how it happened. I won't get into that, but 
It unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born. And that, and it says, and it's amazing. Let's go back to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then he says, and the Word was made flesh and dwell among us. Now, that is what God says he is for Men would like to put a but behind that. But I would say, but God. But God. Oh, the wise and prudent love to refute the simplicity of Christ. You know, here's another one that is quite interesting. Uh, We meet in our homes with other couples, other families, and other people who believe in the truths of free grace. And we meet because the Lord says, we're two or more gathered in my name. I'm in their midst. And if he's with me, uh, that's that's all I want. I don't have to have a wise and prudent man uh, handling all this stuff. But uh, it's amazing that the woman at the well, uh, after she realized this was, this was Christ, she said, some people say that we need to go to the Jerusalem and worship. I suppose she's talking about Solomon's temple. And some people say we need to go to the mountains. I suppose where Moses got the Ten Commandments. Where do you say that we should go? Jesus said this. The tr- he said, God is a spirit. That's number one. He didn't say God is flesh. God is a spirit. And he said those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. That goes back to the church as the pillar and the ground of the truth. And the only one that can give us the truth is God. It's amazing how all these chain links are hooked together and hid from the wise and prudent. They will continue in their uplifted manner and feel like that they are gifted of all men, and yet the Bible says they shall all be taught of God. And this is amazing, too. Uh, In Hebrews, it says, No man shall ask his brother or his neighbor, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least to the greatest. What does that mean? They all... These are all of the elect. These are all for whom Christ died. These are the ones he's talking about in John 17, that he's given power over all flesh to give eternal life to as many as thou hast given me. That's the all. He said, for they all shall know me. John 17, I've manifested thy name to those thou hast given me. What is his name? His name is holy. When he manifests his holy name to us, and I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not talking about to our natural eyes or natural ears or anything else, but when he does, we see our utter depravity, our utter inability to do anything. By nature, we're children of wrath, even as others. We are we are subject to be. Everything that you can imagine, all this wickedness that we see on the earth, we are capable, if God did not restrain us, of committing the most hideous of crimes. Well, I don't know what else to say, Brother Larry, except the Lord's all there is. Uh, We, you know, he said, build ye not up treasures on earth, that thieves break in and steal and rust and corrode. But he said, build ye up treasures on earth, um, in heaven. That nobody, in other words, that nobody, and it's amazing that these earthly treasures are called uncertain treasures. Uncertain. We might have them one day and somebody else has them the next. But brother, if he's ever given us these heavenly treasures, nobody can ever get them. And you know, it's amazing because 
because the Bible speaks of Christ being our inheritance, and it speaks of us, if we're his elect, being his inheritance. Christ is truly the Alpha and the Omega, Mega, the beginning and the end. He is the King of Kings, that is our Heavenly Father, Lord of Lords. And let's look at something else here. Let's look at something. He is called Everlasting Father. What's that mean? He, it means that he has ever been the elect father. There was never a time he wasn't. And he, we address him. He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How do we know that his name is holy? It's because he's manifested his name to us. And this prayer is only for the elect. It's for no one else. So is the Bible. It's only for the elect and no one else. Salvation is not giving your heart to Jesus. It's not accepting Jesus. It is knowing him. And he says to those he has not manifested his name to, depart from me. I never knew you. Uh, and I'll say this right quick on this idea that a man could lose his salvation. Now, if salvation is knowing God, then if you've ever known him and had salvation, how could he ever say, depart me? I never knew you. It's absurd. These people are actually uh, acting as if God is a liar. And, and it also says all whose names have never been written in the Lamb's Book of Life will be cast into the lake of fire. Never been written. It is, we have got, we truly have. The Lord said in the last days shall arise many false Christs and false prophets. So if possible, even the elect would be deceived. In other words, the elect cannot be deceived by the kept by the power of God. And they, they believe according to his working of his mighty power to usward. So if we are his, we believe according to his power and we're kept by his power. That is different than any other religion in the universe. But Jesus truly is the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the mighty God, just as it says, he is the child that was born. Very few people believe that. They believe there's three individual gods, when in fact, Jesus, unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born, and his name shall be called as, as much as any everlasting father. We can never, never get away from this. These are people that know God. Well, Brother Larry, I'm going to turn it over to you, and uh, I hope my well, rambling... Brother Jerry, that was um, a real blessing. I really I really enjoyed that. And, you know, I know the first time you pointed out that passage in Isaiah 9, and I read through that, you know, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, because I was raised the way you were talking about, about these three different persons and so on. Oh, yeah. yeah. But the, the thing that hit me was this child that was born is the everlasting father. I mean, yeah. I mean, in yeah. other words, Jesus Christ is synonymous with the everlasting father. That's exactly right. And, exactly uh, right. I, when you've seen me, you've seen the father. Well, I mean, that is, you know, and... I just, I've, I really struggle. I, I don't understand how that, and and I haven't read, I haven't read those people you're talking about like some others have. But, you know, we, like you said, we don't go to John Gill or Wilson Thompson or, or anybody else to get truth. We go to the Word of God. And that's, that's not right. to, that's not to put down any of those people, but I mean, no, we no. our our rest has to be in what God shows us in His Word. And I had, you know, 
I I'll be the first to admit that that I've struggled with this issue because I was so raised with this trinitarian Nicene Creed idea that there were three separate persons and and you know the thing that amazes me about this is that you know Jesus Christ is has to be synonymous with the eternal God because he's the one that created all things. <laughs> By That's right. right. And so, well, Larry, in the in the Old Testament, it says the Father created everything, and then in the New Testament, it says, "Is there a contradiction?" No, no. it says the Word created everything. Right. So right. you know, it's whether we understand His ways are above our ways. Oh, so we, I know. You, we can't I know, use, and that, and like you were saying, I think uh, I don't see the benefit of trying to parse out things that are beyond the realm of our... In other words, just, you know, accept the Bible for what it says. And, and you know, th- that whole thing about the Word becoming flesh and dwelling among us, you know, I mean, I don't understand... I don't understand how uh, those who hold this eternal flesh thing can have God having eternal flesh and then being manifest in the flesh. So in other words, he has one kind of flesh in heaven and a different kind of flesh here on earth. It's just, it's hard for me to, it's just crazy. I mean, I I can't wrap my arms around it. But, you know, I can understand eternal substitution because that has to do with election. That has to do with the purposes and decrees of God. In other words, God's purpose never changes. He is he is immutable. He's unchangeable. I mean, I I can remember being taught that he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's That's never right. changing. And, and, and Larry, when you when you when you get to this, what Jesus told the woman at the well, God is spirit. Yeah. And those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now. Either the Lord, I don't, I don't want to say it, I, but uh, people would say, well, he didn't know what he's talking about. He sure did know what he's talking about, and I mean, it's and that's not the only place it says it. The true worshippers, he says, the true worshippers must worship him in in spirit and truth, and then he said the the true worshippers shall worship him in spirit and in truth. So uh, this is all part of knowing God. I. But anyway, it's just well, and I don't again, like I said, this this idea about eternal flesh, um, you know, there's there's numerous passages in the Bible that draw a a vast demarcation between the flesh and the spirit, and it says that that's right, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And you know, when we die, we're not going to be flesh and blood in heaven. No, we're going to no, be glorified no. bodies, and so. Uh, I, anyway, I I don't know how they've come to this conclusion. I know that you, I know you've probably read these people more than I and how they get there. But it's not really important because the important thing is is that Christ said that. I you know the first time I read the seventeenth chapter of John, it, it, I mean, you know, he he even talks about. That he prays that God that 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 they would be one as we are one. <laughs> okay. That's right. That's right. And so that's right. If, if they're one, if if he's one with the Father, that's not three. That's one. With that's the right. Father. That's right. That's exactly. So, right. but anyway, I you make a lot of sense, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing this because you shared a lot more than just one area. You you covered a lot of ground, and and I would like for you to consider. Uh, maybe doing this like once a week, coming on and sharing, because what I've kind of found, Brother Jerry, is that when you get so many people on here and they're jumping in and everybody's talking over everybody else, and it gets to be rather uh, disconcerting. <laughs> I mean, and so anyway, if you would consider possibly doing that maybe once a week, I think it would be very valuable to to those who who are listening. Um, and guest two uh, talks about 
had just posted. Uh, I don't know where Guest 2 is from, but he says these people that are promoting these things come out of cemeteries. <laughs> yeah, amen. And I, I thought, wow, I wonder where he got that. But anyway, I've often likened seminaries to cemeteries because, you know, they yes. it, it's a yes. dead man's... It, it's not. It's like you said. You, when we when you start talking about terms that are not in the Bible, like eschatology and theology and systematic and oh yeah and, and oh, yeah. dispensationalism and all these things, is that really edifying to the body of Christ? It, I know. It, it, I know. It's almost like you, you know people have an idea. Well, I'm up here and you're down here, and never the yeah. twain shall meet. You come and. I'll feed you or something. I don't know. You know, Larry, there is plenty of that in the secular school system. Yeah. You go to one of these college graduations or even high school graduations, and you'll see plenty of that. I'm up here and you're down here. Yeah. And and then you'll get the grade points and all that. But listen, Paul said all that was done. For, yeah. And, an education, don't get me wrong, is good. But an education, you can't get an education to know God. You right. the, these seminaries are cemeteries. They are for dead people. And uh, I don't have any desire. I, I was carried away by the Mormon church, and and so I was skeptical of man. Uh, he, and the Bible says things like, let, let God be true and every man a liar. Uh I don't know any man well enough to say, well, I'm going to believe everything he says. And I don't want anybody to say, I, I love you, Jerry, well enough to believe everything you say. I, I don't want that. And I don't want, uh, the last thing I'd ever want to be is to be looked up on some way. And and, and this is all, this is all of God and uh, and when you think about this, when you think about what the Lord says, when he says, by your words you should be justified, and by your words you should be condemned. See, again, that is our words, how the bosom of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's, that's, and see, that's exactly what God is saying that Christ is. Mm. He's saying that he is the word of God made flesh. And who is God? God's the Father. Mm. He's the Word of God made flesh and dwell among us. Uh, I can't put that all together. I can't. But a lot of these people with this eternal flesh, as they're going by Christ's Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, and were you chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, they think he has to have flesh and blood for you to do that. They're using human, they have to reason everything out and put together with English words. Right. And see, right. everything with God, he is not a time being. He said everything is was and everything that was is and and he he required the past. I mean, he he's not set. We didn't have to put things together in a time element like men do, you know. And and but anyway, that's uh, it. Kind of reminds me of uh, trying to find it, but there's a passage that is really just really just restating what you're saying. He says, um, find it here, but we have this, we, like you said, as men, we think that we <laughs> we can figure God out. I mean, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, and it's okay. And knowing God is not, Knowing God is not understanding everything about him. Knowing no, God no. is the reality that we're embracing what he says about himself, and we're embracing what he teaches. <laughs> you know? That's right. And That's I, right. I think there's... Yeah. I think there's a big... Uh, here it is. It says, this is in the 11th chapter, Romans. Um, oh, the depth. <laughs> the riches, yeah. both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable Amen. are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, 
Yeah. For who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. And uh, and this is speaking of God. This is speaking yeah. of, and you know we could say this is this is speaking of Jesus Christ as well. Yeah, it is. It is. It's speaking of Jesus Christ and speaking of the everlasting Father. Okay. That's right. So, well, brother, I really, I really appreciate this, and uh, I know that the good Lord has been exalted in this, and uh, I appreciate the spirit in which you conveyed it, and uh, I, I, I think that. Uh, you you were right to the point, so I appreciate you coming on tonight, and uh, I will get this um, converted over, and this will, just for the guests uh, to know, this will be posted on Sermon Audio later on this evening, and, and then it will also be posted on Facebook and YouTube, and I'll try to get a link to everyone if you want to share it. So, Brother Jerry, I appreciate you coming on, Brother. Oh, I appreciate it, Larry. I appreciate it, too. uh, It's good that some of these truths can come out. Maybe the Lord will put them in ears, uh, people with these given ears. And, and, and Larry, I will say this, too, when it says, I manifested thy name to those that have given me. Uh, It says name, singular, but it is name like the Lord, our righteousness. Mm, yeah. Uh, the Lord, our Sabbath. I mean, I mean, it's it, He's everything. He's everything. Mm. Well, listen, brother, I could go on and on, but I <laughs> okay. I, well, I'm gonna uh, hold on a second, and I'm gonna end this call. Hold on, just hold hold with me for a second. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 